Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast where I, Rebecca, your host, share thought-provoking episodes with you to help you take your life from where it is now to where you want it to be. I have a huge desire and passion to help people just like you get out of their own way and start living the life that they deserve. I'm here to help you feel empowered, educated, and inspired to get into massive action and create change in your life today. Join me weekly as I share insights into the online business world, social media, and many other motivational topics, and also interview some of the world's most incredible humans to help you become the best version of yourself. Welcome back to Rebecca Neal, the podcast. Today's beautiful guest is Mia Robertson. She's passionate about empowering women to support their health holistically. She is the owner of Lifestart Naturopathics and is the creator of the amazing product Fem21, which is a herbal superfood blend specifically for women who want to balance their hormones naturally. Along with running her own business and naturopathic clinic practice for the last 15 years, Mia is also a mum of two girls. She was born and bred in Cairns, which is far north Queensland, Australia, but considers herself a Gold Coast local as she's lived here with her family for the last 18 years. Thank you, Mia, for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Beth. I'm so happy to connect with you and be here. Hey, I'm excited to have you. Such a beautiful human and I know you've got so much value to bring people. So firstly, the question I always ask my beautiful guests is, do you drink coffee? Because I'm going to be curious about this. If not, what what is your morning ritual and how do you have your coffee if you do have one? So yes, I do drink coffee um, and I love a latte in the morning. Um, Only one a day, but if I'm out and about, it's decaf after that. Um, but uh, I go through stages with my caffeine um, and try to, you know, have a break every year for, a, you know, a month or so so that my body's just not in the habit of, of needing it all the time um, because I love coffee and it's really addictive for me. <laughs> and so if I don't have those breaks regularly, I know it's like a downward spiral. <laughs> I love your honesty there coming from a naturopath. <laughs> I'm addicted to coffee. <laughs> it's so good. I love that question because it is, it's very, I'm very curious about people's coffee because everybody has it different or they've got a uniqueness there. So it's really cool to ask that question. So I can, I mean, from what I've seen and we've been on a panel together before and we've got to know each other over the last few months. Why naturopathy? Where did it all begin? I'd love to hear your journey into where you are now because I'm pretty sure you started studying at 19 years old, which is pretty early on to know what you want to do. Yeah, so I was really blessed being born into a family that definitely had those uh, natural medicine, holistic values um, right from the get-go. So my dad's like a chiropractor, a holistic chiropractor. Mum was a nutritionist. We were brought up vegetarian. Um, I've been a vegetarian my whole life. Dad was a raw foodie. He only ate raw food for like 40 years. Wow. Um, and, you know, if we were ever sick, we would 
you know, go on a juice fast and never went to the doctors. The first time I went to the doctor was when I was 16 and I had a boil under my arm and I had to get it lanced. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and, the, and the doctor's like, oh, do you, are you going to take antibiotics? And I'm like, no. I'm no. just like... <laughs> I'm meant to prescribe them, but I know you won't take them. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, definitely brought up in that natural medicine um, environment. And then I started work really early. So pretty well as soon as I could start work, I did. And I started working at a health food store um, on the northern beaches in Cairns. And that's where it really introduced me to naturopathy, um, the, the naturopath that was working in the store. And I just loved having that opportunity to help people through natural medicine and you know they'd come in and they'd tell you you know what was happening for them and um you know I just learned so much from recommending things and hearing people's feedback and I don't know just always became like the go-to girl from then on um even with my friends uh at school they'd be like oh Mia I've got a cold what should I take and um you know, just like fun things like that this became the go-to girl for helping people. And it was so rewarding. And I just knew that I wanted to be a naturopath um, pretty well from early on. So when I graduated, I had a year off school and then I moved down to the Gold Coast and started my degree when I was yeah, 19. Amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. So I'm guessing you were never a little party animal in high school like some of us. <laughs> I think in that year off, I had... Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun then, uh, but which was good, you know, you needed that. And I think because I was so focused and knew what I wanted to do, there was no sort of straying there, which was great. Um, but it was all pretty like, you know, from one phase to a next pretty quickly because uh, at the end of, well, when I moved to the Gold Coast, I met my husband. And then at the end of my degree, I was pregnant wow. and um, I had my first daughter, Ava, when I was 23. Um, and and then, you know, two years after that, I had my second daughter. And so it was like, you know, one thing to the next. We didn't really, I didn't, I haven't ever done like the world traveling trips like, you know, most people do when they're in their early 20s. So I was like studying and having babies. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. And it's so cool that you were brought up in a family that's, you know, with your dad being a chiropractor and your mom doing nutrition or that. Was she a nutritionist, you said? Yeah, yeah. How amazing. So tell us a little bit about what that was like. Like what happened when you guys got sick? Did you even get sick because you were so healthy? <laughs> um, you know, just basic stuff like colds and flus and, um, you know, just contagious things like chicken pox and uh, if ever that like we had a fever, um, it was, you know, fasting, so no food, no um, fluids except for water and rest. And then um, that would usually be like until the fever broke and then we'd do juice like the next day and then raw food to like come out of it. Um, mum and dad used to juice us, uh, like a carrot, apple and celery juice every day after school. And, um, you know, it's, I think of this, this really sticks in my memory. It's so embarrassing, but, um, so much beta carotene from having that juice every day made my hands turn yellow. <laughs> 
So you're like shake hand on the hands over. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. And like all of my friends used to tease me about it. But mind you, you know, I was like super healthy. So that was amazing. It's so great. What a story. (laughs) And so you've been a vegetarian your whole life. So you've never eaten meat ever? No, no, never eaten meat. Yeah. Um, Like after obviously studying nutrition as part of my naturopathic degree. Um, I knew like the importance of protein and having your omegas and so um, when I was pregnant I was like oh I need to get some more omegas in so I started taking fish oil Mm. I still do take fish oil but um, you know I I couldn't ever eat Mm. fish or beef and Um, does your family eat meat at all or you're all vegetarian yeah yeah, um, so my sister's, like, gone that next step to um, being a vegan mm-hmm. and mum's a vegetarian and she has been uh, since, I guess, she met dad. So that's, oh, gosh, how old's my sister? She's 42. I reckon mum would have been a vegetarian for about 45 years. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> what an amazing story. I love that so much and it's obviously that, you know, that you were incredibly passionate all the way through and there's a deep desire to help others understand and experience what you have. And it's beautiful that you guys like have had that great upbringing like that for sure. So tell us a little bit more about what it is that you actually do, like your consulting and the amazing product that I'm even on at the moment, Fem21. Tell us a little bit more about those things. Yeah, so um, really in your naturopathic degree, um, they focus a lot on gearing you up for clinical practice and just helping people one-on-one is so rewarding, you know, because you really get to know them, you get to know their history and you can monitor them and their progress and adjust things, you know, with what you're doing in their plan. Um, And that's wonderful. So, I love clinical practice. I think it's always something that's going to be um, a part of what I do um, as a naturopath. But there are like different aspects of what you can get into, you know, um, at the end of a naturopathic degree, you know, you can get into research and sales and working for, for different companies in different, you know, um, avenues and uh, it's, it's, it's great because it is an, an open field that you can go down different avenues Uh, but I always loved clinical practice and so uh, early on I got a job uh, working at a busy fertility clinic on the Gold Coast Uh, so that was set up by an old school herbalist called Ruth Sharkey and that was based out at Narang and I was there for five years and it was like crazy busy. Um, well, you know, you learn a lot though, right? When it's that. Yeah, yeah. Really like just jumped into the deep end there. Like uh, they did, A Current Affair did a, um, a special on the clinic and how we were helping people with their fertility. And like the next day after it aired, the phone lines melted. <laughs> amazing yeah you know just you know things like that that has that great reach and you um getting to see a lot of different people and gain a lot of experience was just wonderful in the early days so um yeah I was there for five years and loved doing the fertility aspect but after I guess that time I wanted to branch out into more general women's health and also more integrative 
health. So um, I was even thinking at one stage about studying medicine um, and I sort of was at a point where, oh, am I going to keep da- going down this naturopathic path or, you know, should I look into to studying medicine and um, take that integrative approach? Uh, but ended up finding a wonderful doctor, mentor, friend that at that stage that I started working with uh, on Mount Tambourine. And so I ended up leaving the uh, fertility clinic and then going and working with him. And um, that was great because it just, you know, opened me up uh, to that integrative approach with uh, natural medicine and monitoring through blood tests and utilising resources from both sides of the fence. Um, so, yeah, I was with working with uh, Dr Stubbs for about six years, um, six, seven years, I think, and uh, we're still friends and he's still my doctor and, and that's wonderful. And... Um, yeah, then just started, you know, practising from home as well as Mount Tambourine and then that just got busier and busier in my home-based practice. I really just started on the kitchen table seeing people. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it was great and I uh, got quite busy working from home and so uh, we moved probably, yeah, nearly five years ago to a new house where I could set up my practice better um and so that's that's where I, I still work from home but I've just got a better space now not from the kitchen table which is great and yeah like five years ago I really it was like I don't know um a divine gift given to me, I would say. I was out camping with my family and uh, I suddenly had this like brainstorm, you know, lightning bolt moment where I was like, oh, I'd really like to make my own product for um, women's health and for hormonal health. And I was having a lot of my own personal issues with uh, PCOS and irregular cycles and really like on a roller coaster physically and emotionally through my cycles. Uh, I had the marina in um, and I probably wasn't looking after myself very well at that time, um, you know, looking after kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, I just like thought um, I'd like to do something that helps me uh, out and I know I'm not good taking liquid herbs regularly. So... Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to do something that I can take, you know, regularly and, and, um, and also something that, you know, can help a whole lot of other people that I can't physically see in practice. And at the time there really wasn't anything on the market that supported women's, uh, health and hormones holistically that worked on balancing hormones, but also the underlying factors that contribute to hormonal issues in the first place, like your adrenal and your nervous system and your liver and your gut and um, inflammation and acidity in the body. So uh, I guess like just using my experience of what I was prescribing herbally in practice and nutritionally, I you know, came up with the formula for Fem21 and it just sort of grew from, from that point onwards. And um, I was lucky enough to, you know, it's all like, like <laughs> it's, 
you know, just the universe and how it weaves its magical web. Yes. Um, my, na- <laughs> my neighbour uh, is was at the time a food manufacturer and so he, um, he was making like uh, bars, protein, like sort of like sports protein bars and powders and um, he had his own line and he was then branching out into doing um, private label uh, foods and formulas for others and so I yeah just went to him with the idea and the formula and he's like yeah sure and he was so supportive and he's like come in and make up all your stuff and um you know just tell me where to get it from and you know and we'll source it and um you just start with small batch sizes and that was great and so I just like took it like a little project and I was so excited because I really felt like there was such a big opportunity to help um, so many, you know, women in that space. And so just became like my little passion project that I, you know, did the website and wrote all the content and did like, you know, my labels and graphic design and got everything tested and tried and sampled everything until it was just right. And um, that probably took about, I don't know, between nine to 12 months, I reckon, um, until it was, you know, at a place that was ready to be be released. And so, yeah, I did that over um, 2014 and then um, sold my, my first one online uh, in February 2015. And then it just started growing from there and, you know, health food stores came on board and uh, other practitioners and now I've got distributors and there's, you know, getting the word out nationally and um, selling overseas as well, you know, to New Zealand and the UK and Korea and, you know, it's just crazy. But it's great, you know, I love it Um, because it's really like that ripple effect, I guess, of something that um, you create that helps, has got that capacity to help so many different people that you're not, you know, connected to, I suppose, like you haven't met them, but I guess in a small way, you know, that that the Fem21, that product is, you know, helping them um, to live a happier, healthier life. Yeah, uh, what a great story. <laughs> and I love that so much. And there's a lot of listeners to the show that, are entrepreneurs or health coaches or in the health and wellness space or business owners. So I'd love like to ask you, because obviously with any business and now that you have a product as well as you're consulting and seeing patients in person, what is one of the greatest challenges or lessons that you've learned having your own business? Um, I guess it's just learning to ride the waves, I would say, uh, because like, you know, it's funny, right at the beginning, I'm like, I've got this great product, this formula is amazing, it's helping, you know, I can see how wonderfully I feel on it and how my patients are doing and, like, the feedback really early was so good and I'm like, this is going to be epic and, you know, massive and change the world, you know. Yeah. And um, I was like, why isn't everybody taking it? <laughs> And so it was like you just would get disappointed because you'd think that, oh, you know, why is it not going as as fast or reaching as as far as you'd like it to, you know, instantly. (laughs) So it's certainly not been like an overnight success or anything like that. Um, And, you know, I think riding those waves is, is being 
you know, when you get those things that don't work out or those opportunities that implode um, or they're not, you know, those expectations aren't being met, it's not like, you know, or getting super stressed out about something. It's not sort of staying stuck in it. Mm -hmm. It's just, I guess, keeping on going and doing what's in front of you and then, you know, getting back to those emails and getting those orders out and, um, you know, answering that phone call and getting those messages out and you just keep keep going. And so, you know, sometimes when you're overwhelmed or you're feeling like a bit... Um, you know, stuck, like things aren't working, it can feel like, oh, it's nothing, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I think in the long run, um, you've just got to stay focused on, for me anyway, like um, just keep that momentum going and you just keep helping people, (laughs) even if it's just one person, you know, or um, getting that, email out or whatever it might be um it's just keeping keeping that momentum happening because there certainly has been times where I felt you know really deflated or things haven't worked out or I've lost money or there's been opportunities that have you know haven't gone through and yeah yeah gone gone through and um or but I think you know on a higher level I I'm you know, I'm being looked after <laughs> and I've just got to trust that. And, you know, I know that um, my the growth of Fem 21 and my business has been perfect for what I can manage whilst keeping everything else in balance in my life with my family and my, you know, my patient um, client base and everything and with my, you know, relationship with myself and my husband and all that side of things. And I've been able to, yeah, grow at a rate that's been sustainable. Um, so, yeah, that's been good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think it's really important and something I often teach my clients is stay the course and really stay focused on your mission and the impact you're wanting to have and trust that it's all just being, you know, in the time, the divine time that it's meant to be and it's happening for you and you're moving through the journey is like a big part of this destination that we're all looking for, right? And so it's about if you get pulled off course, get back into alignment of where you're going because there are going to be those challenges. There are going to be letdowns. And, you know, like you said, you're like, yes, I've got it out here and it's going to go gangbusters the first night, but it doesn't. So then you like can sit there and be the person that's deflated by that or know that in time, as I focus on my impact and I focus on the actual mission and for you, the greater mission of helping women that you can't touch point in person or, you know, have that ripple effect, eventually that comes through because when we focus on the impact, the rest happens just for us, right? So that's really great. Yeah, love that. So let's talk about, I know because most of my audience is women and if not, the men potentially have sisters and mums and partners. So let's talk about hormones because... It's your specialty. I really would love for people to learn a little bit more about, you know, women's health, women's hormones, or how we can stay more um, energetic or have a greater vitality in our lives. 
Yeah, so hormones are a complicated system within our body and often we'll think of hormones as being like our period, you know, the hormones that contribute to ovulation and our periods, but we've also got hormones in our thyroid system and in our adrenal system, in our pancreas, we've got hormones in our brain and that endocrine system all communicates with, with one another and Unfortunately, it's not a straight line and one impacts another um, within that system. And so I really am about supporting women holistically there so that, you know, sure, the end goal might be to have a smoother sail um, sailing cycle so that, you know, you're not experiencing PMS or you're having a regular period or you're not getting that pain with your periods or it's not super heavy or, um, you know, those, those hormonal uh, symptoms that you would typically uh, feel around a period uh, to smooth all of that out so that, you know, it, it just shows up and you're feeling good you know, through your cycle and you it's not like a, a real downer having your period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, what's happening in terms of our energy and our adrenals is definitely impacting what's going on with our uh, estrogen and progesterone levels, uh, certainly when we're a lot more stressed and um, we're not sleeping well or if we're drinking excess caffeine or if we're feeling anxious a lot of the time, then our body gets robbed of progesterone and that definitely impacts what's going on around our periods and how we're feeling mood-wise leading up to our periods and our energy levels and uh, how we're, well we're sleeping and that side of things is, is all plays a part there. Um, so I definitely think that stress is impacting women's hormonal health um, and lifestyle factors as well, uh, but also uh, the impact of uh, endocrine-disrupting chemicals uh, is really important to acknowledge that our exposure to chemicals in our environment and plastics and, um, you know, the foods that we're eating, um, you know, chemicals that are sprayed on them and used for, you know, pesticides and herbicides and fertilisers and all of that stuff uh, impacts our estrogen metabolism. And so that's going to affect how, um, you know, regularly we ovulate, how inflamed we are around our periods, if we're uh, fueling the growth of like endometriosis, if we're fueling the growth of a thicker um, uterine lining lending to a, a heavier period. Um, and then also what's going on in terms of our nutritional health that impacts like our thyroid function in terms of like lower levels of iodine that may be a result of um, you know a, a nutritional deficiency in our diet or drinking a lot of tap water for example displaces iodine um, compared to filtered water uh, also um you know, uh, the flow and effect of how our hormones are being metabolised through our liver and our gut impacts um, how we're clearing uh, toxic hormonal metabolites and then that has a feedback system in the body as well. So we definitely want to support the body holistically to maintain hormonal balance so that we're looking after what's going on in terms of 
progesterone levels and estrogen, as well as our thyroid and our adrenals and our liver and our gut, um, and also keeping our body uh, in, like in a more alkaline state where it's not inflamed and we're not um, having that load of oxidative stress on the body so that we can, you know, just work and function more efficiently and the body can then have the resources it needs to heal and, and rebalance. Mm. I think there's, it's quite complex even listening to what you're saying. I think people can feel very overwhelmed by health and nutrition. I know I studied nutritional medicine back, you know, many years ago and even learning it was such a complex process. And then I actually went, because I love where you mentioned the chemicals and the um, plastics and things like that. I went from one extreme to the other. I went like full-blown hippie. <laughs> and then I refound my balance. But um, like, I mean, I haven't owned a microwave for five or six years. Like there's been a lot of great changes that I've made. How can someone, if they're listening today, that's like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. It's too hard. I'm overwhelmed. I mean, what are some practical tips or places that a woman can start to even just implement a few things that could help her get her vitality, energy, hormones a bit more on track? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's being aware of what you can control and manage in your external environment uh, and then just living as clean and simply as possible. So if you've got the option to choose organic, then choose organic. Um, you know, if you've got the option to put a natural product on your body compared to something that's got like a long list of, yes. you know, ingredients, then, you know, choose that natural option. Um, it's so much easier these days because, People are a lot more aware of uh, the environment and there's a lot more availability for natural products. Um, so, you know, it's like air fresheners, you know, go essential oils instead of like, you know, breathing in that other. <laughs> oh, it scares me when I get in an Uber and they've got like five of them hanging in the front. I'm like, quick, put the window down and wait. That's not like hanging out the window. <laughs> so when you're like aware of that stuff, you're like, oh my god, how can this person be doing this? Like, to you know? And I think the more cleanly that you're living, um, the more sensitive that yes. you become to it as Absolutely. well. Um, so I guess yeah, environmental. Um, I would also say like the basic things like switching from if you're drinking tap water to filtered water. Um, you know, swapping from plastic water bottles to like glass or stainless steel. Um, don't heat your food up in plastic. Um, if you're storing, you know, leftovers, you know, let them cool down before you put them into a plastic storage container or put them in glass, you know, um, so that you're not leaching those chemicals from, yeah. from the plastic and consuming them. Um, yeah, choosing organic foods. And I'm a big fan of, you know, obviously eating clean, but even though I'm a vegetarian, I'm not um, a practitioner that only promotes like a vegetarian diet. So I definitely think there's different diet plans out there that work better for your blood type and for that person. And so, you know, if you're an o, O's and A's are the most common blood type in the world and actually they do better on like almost opposite diets. Um, so O's tend to do really well on like a paleo diet that's still clean but higher in protein and contains, you know, animal-based protein. And then, you know, A blood types tend to do a lot better on more of a vegetarian, vegan-style diet with 
still, you know, eating clean, um, but they can tolerate having less protein and plant-based proteins um, and they thrive off that uh, as opposed to uh, if you're an O blood type, uh, I often find, um, you know, O blood types following a vegan diet, they're just not well. And so when you start to up their protein, even if it's plant-based protein, they tend to and take gluten out of their diet and grains and other inflammatory drivers for them. Their body just tends to work a lot more efficiently. And for A blood types, I find, you know, if they're eating a lot of red meat in their diet, just simply like cutting that down and swapping for like easier digested proteins, more of like a pescatarian style diet with maybe fish and turkey over chicken, um, you know, red meat maybe once a week, then their body tends to lift and and do better um, in terms of their vitality there too. Um, I guess other little tips I would say, uh, aside from diet, um and environment would be you know uh ensuring that you're sleeping well and you're getting at least you know seven to eight hours of good restorative sleep each night like that's when your body does all of its maintenance and repair work and we definitely need to prioritize our sleep um in order to have a good energy flow and for our adrenals to recharge and um, so sleep's really important. So make sure you, you know that's a priority that you're not you know on your phone and can't switch off mentally um, before bed. Uh, I would also say moving your body in a way that's appropriate for the phase that you're in with your energy at this time. Yeah, I love that. That's really really helpful. So yeah. if someone, for example, if someone's listening, thinking, "Oh, I wonder what blood type I am." How do they find yeah. out? <laughs> so a couple of things. You can um, donate blood, uh, so long as you're not iron deficient. Yeah. <laughs> donate blood and they'll tell you what blood type you are. Um, if you're having a blood test with your doctor, they can always just tag on what blood type you oh. are as well. Um, some practitioners also do like a pinprick um, spot blood test that can check your your blood type too so there's different ways that you can find that out or ask your mom or dad they probably would know as well (laughs) there you go so let's talk a little bit more about hormones in a sense um the contraceptive pill or there's so many other things that I'm not really aware of because I've never used them but um I have enough understanding to know that it's not the greatest thing for us to be taking and I know personally Going back on it, late 20s, I think it was, within a couple of days, I was, like, having psychotic thoughts and, like, it was pretty scary and I was like, I'm not taking this any ever, like, and I never touched it again and I was, I probably wasn't on it for as long as some people. You hear people on pill for 10, 15 years and that's crazy but they say it's for their skin or that's for this sort of stuff. So let's shed some light and understanding around contraception for women and why or why not. Yeah, I love this topic because I'm a huge advocate of women getting off the pill mm-hmm. and off synthetic hormonal contraceptives so that um, they body can be free from that and you can balance your hormones naturally. May massively um, impacts how you're feeling mentally and uh, physically and the pill, for example, I mean, there's a lot of options. Like there's the pill, um, there's the NuvaRing, there's Implanon, which is the implant, um, there's the Depo shot, there's IUDs, 
you know, <laughs> there's a lot. And so I guess the thing is with um, synthetic hormonal contraceptives, depending on what type they're using, the majority of them, except for an intrauterine device or an IUD, uh, the majority of them suppresses ovulation. So it stops ovulation from happening. Therefore, you're not releasing an egg and not getting pregnant. Um, if you're bleeding, like, you know, having the sugar pills and having a bleed whilst you're taking the pill, uh, that is a pill bleed. It's not a period. And so a period happens after ovulation. Um, so the thing is with the suppression of ovulation and the cessation of um, a real period, it doesn't allow your body as a woman to function optimally. Um, and ovulation is certainly important for our overall health, um, not just hormonally, but, you know, what's going on in terms of, you know, our mental function, our skin health, our bone health, our cardiovascular health, um, our liver function, our gut function, all needs um you know, to be free from that synthetic hormonal load to function and efficiently and optimally. And so I think a couple of things to consider is if you are using um, synthetic hormonal contraceptives like the pill or Depo or Implanon or the Nuvering um, is to consider having a break for at least three months your body to reset hormonally and get the communication happening again between your pituitary gland in the brain to your ovaries so that you're re-establishing a flow for hormones and that connection between brain and, and ovarian function. And then you can have a few real periods and then after that consider, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Am I going to go back on the pill? And that's okay if that's the best option that works for you. But just remember to have a break for three months, um, you know, at least every one to two years, I would say, just to keep um, that underlying communication and ovarian function happening. Um, now, if you stop the pill and your period doesn't come back within that three months, then give it some more time. You know, your body needs to heal and rebalance. So, uh, you know, possibly seek out some support from a practitioner at that time. You know, you might benefit from using, utilising a plan with nutritional support and herbal support and diet and lifestyle adjustments in order to get your period flowing. Um, you know, and cycling again. Uh, and, you know, if, I mean, I, I did the pill in the past and it still, you know, to this day, like it has scarred me um, for that time that I was taking it. I just, you know, similarly, I was like suicidal. Mm -hmm. I just was like a crying mess on the floor you know, I would just get no relief from the darkness and the anxiety. And I just was like, I don't know. What is that? Is it the actual chemicals in the product or something? Is that what's causing that and changing your brain chemistry? Or how does that, why does that effect happen? Yeah, it does. It definitely changes your brain chemistry. And I think, you know, some people are more sensitive than others. 
Um, and it depends on what's going on genetically and how your liver is processing those hormones, you know, those synthetic hormones and what those metabolites are that are being created as a result of taking those synthetic hormones. And so, yeah, for me, you know, I persisted for a while. It just wasn't good. <laughs> so, you know, I felt so much better after I stopped stopped that. Uh but I, you know, in my past, I've had a lot of hormonal shit going on. <laughs> so I'm really pleased to be in a place in my life, in a phase in my life where I'm balanced and, you know, my skin's not awful and I'm not, you know, an emotional mess and bloated and, you know, all of that stuff that, that comes with unbalanced hormones. Yes. And I know that herbals definitely work. When I was compete like doing fitness modeling and I was extremely lean, I I didn't get my period for two or three years because I was I guess is it due to the low body fat? Is that what causes yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So I I use Chinese herbs or some form of herbs to really rebalance. It was amazing how it worked. And then it just came back and created this, you know, natural cycle again, which was really cool. So I do believe that herbals are so powerful for hormones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a combination of factors, you know, working with somebody that can prescribe or recommend, you know, a good herbal blend for you to help with your your cycles, as well as giving you some advice on what you're doing nutritionally so that you can ensure that you're having enough calories in um, and a good balance of your macros of, um, you know, fats and carbs and protein so that, what you're doing exercise-wise isn't putting a lot of stress on your body and so that your body can adapt and manage that. And then once that stress has been lifted off the body, naturally it will ovulate again, right? Your cycle will come back. So then polycystic ovary syndrome is, well, it seems to be a bigger thing nowadays. Is that true? And do you think it's due to like our endocrine system being like disrupted by... Uh, you know, chemicals in products or skincare stuff or like how does it work? Like what's going on there? Is it due to that stuff? Is it that we live a different lifestyle? Is it stress? And, you know, why? Because it seems to be so common. And I think it's all of those things, Um, you know, PCOS and endometriosis and fertility issues um, are a lot higher statistically than they have been, you know, say, 50 years ago um, and I do believe that it's a level of you know stress for women trying to do everything yeah. um, chemical exposure uh, also the introduction of synthetic hormones and the pill early on in um, you know teen girls and early 20s prior to their hormonal system being given the chance to fully mature um, and you know genetically as well you know, are seeing a lot more women having trouble with how they're metabolizing hormones um, due to like MTFHR issues, pyroluria, um, the COMPT gene, uh, COMT, which, and, um, you know, liver metabolism uh, genes that are involved in, in clearing hormones. So I think, you know, there's a number of factors there. Um, Possibly also just more awareness and diagnostic techniques too um, comes into it. But I would, 
Yeah, I would just say, you know, listen to your body and if it's not feeling right for you, no matter what, I guess, I know this is, and this is really hard sometimes, but no matter what your situation is externally in terms of like you're with a, a guy and he's like, no, I'm not using condoms or, you know, um, you got put on the pill from, from your doctor to because you had acne um, or you had irregular cycles, um, just listen to what your body is saying. And, and if it doesn't feel right for you to be doing those things, then, you know, be hopefully you can be supported and feel strong enough to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm listening to my body. I'm having a break from the pill. You know, you've got to wear condoms. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to put up with maybe my skin being, you know, bad for a bit prior to, to sorting my hormones out and my, my health out in terms of my gut and my liver and, and nutrient balance so that I can get to, you know, the underlying causes of, of how you're feeling um, or why you're feeling off balance. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think that our body tells us so many things if we take the time to listen, right? And whether it's nutritionally, whether it's emotionally, like there's a whole range of stuff if we actually tune in. I love that. It's really powerful. So inflammation is a hot topic too and reducing inflammation. And why is this important and how can someone start to reduce that? Is that by having like an alkalized diet? Like let's talk a little bit about inflammation in the body. Because it is a good thing too, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Your body, um, I guess, inflammation I describe as being part of our immune system's uh, ability to heal the body. So we need inflammation to heal. So just like if you sprain your ankle, you'll have an inflammatory response due to that tissue damage there, or you'll get redness and pain and swelling and fluid, you know, going to that area to heal that. Um, now, what can happen is that we can have um, chronic inflammation. So inflammation should come, do its job to heal, and then go. And so if we're not getting proper healing and if we're not getting the switch off for inflammation, it becomes chronic. And so our immune system uh, can have difficulties turning it off if there's imbalances in our immune system, which may be driven from, say, an autoimmune disease or a viral load or a nutritional deficiency like in zinc or vitamin C or um, vitamin D. Uh, we can have dysbiosis or an imbalanced microbiome with good and bad bacteria that also influences inflammation and the immune system's capacity to turn it off. So with most chronic disease or conditions or problems, there is some level of inflammation because the body is trying to heal. Mm. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it's trying to fight off that, right? Yeah, it's just well, it's trying to heal. So say like in endometriosis, you know, there's lesions of like little ulcers of that um, endometriosis throughout like the pelvic cavity and that um, tissue damage drives inflammation. The body's like saying there's cells lodged where they shouldn't be. We're trying to clean them up. You know, we're trying to heal that tissue. And so there's pain, there's swelling, there's internal redness, you know. Um, and so... The thing is that because 
we're not healing properly and the body doesn't have the resources to to mount an inflammatory response that comes and then goes we're in this chronic inflammatory state which also um, is affected by uh you know your diet Mm -hmm. and um, how acid and alkaline you are. So the more acidic you are, the more inflamed you'll be. The more alkaline you are, the more resources your immune system has to turn off inflammation. Um, also, like in terms of gut health, the more good bacteria and the healthier that your, your bowels are, the healthier your immune system will be as well. If you're exposed to like, you know, Epstein-Barr virus or glandular fever or Ross River or, um, you know, other viruses, maybe even the coronavirus, you know, we don't know. If your body is exposed to, to a virus that it's not getting rid of, it puts an extra load on your system and then that load on your immune system, it makes it difficult for it to give those resources to turn off inflammation and to heal properly. Um, so inflammation can be everywhere. Inflammation can be in the brain, impacting our capacity to produce neurotransmitters, and in, impacting um, how we're feeling mood-wise and our mental clarity and how well we're making like melatonin to sleep and switch off, how well we're making serotonin to feel calm and, and clear and dopamine to feel relaxed. Uh, so if there's inflammation in the brain, that's going to impact how we're processing mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, when there's inflammation in our joints and, you know, we're feeling that inflammation in our muscles and a buildup of lactic acid if we're over, you know, if we're exercising to a level that's putting stress on our body and we're not clearing that acidity, that's going to drive inflammation. If there's inflammation in our gut, that might be driven from food sensitivities and probably the top three I would say would be gluten, dairy and eggs. Yeah. Um, and so if we're eating foods that we're, our body's sensitive to, that's going to make us more inflamed. Um, and so we can have inflammation anywhere in the body, on our skin, in our gut, in our cardiovascular system as well, which then puts us at greater risk for, um, you know, a cardio, cardiovascular events. Um, and there's all ways that we can monitor inflammation and uh, through blood tests and through symptom analysis and then also see, you know, how we're progressing in getting rid of it. So I think that's important to look at because ultimately if you want to function efficiently and optimally in your health and well-being and your vitality, you know, having a healthy immune system where your body is not inflamed uh, will ensure that you've got those resources to heal and function optimally. That's great. I think it's important by, by the sounds of what you're saying is that by reducing that inflammation, our body has the opportunity to heal more efficiently in, in that sense as well. Yeah. So with um, something that just came to me actually, if we go back a few around like the women's health and having our period and exercising, right? Like fitness is a huge part of my life. Is there, like, should we be training differently at different times of the month due to our cycle? Yes, I, I do think it's important to listen to your body. 
um, and go with the natural ebbs and flows of your cycle as well. But we can also go through different phases too um, in our life or in the year that, um, you know, our energy is better. So we want to train to that and listen to the to the body at different times of the month and different times of the year. And so just depending on what works for you, um, I think a couple of things for exercise is important. One, having a variety of different types of exercise that you're doing so that you're um, doing cardio, you're doing um, some resistance and some weight-bearing exercises and you're doing some stretching. And that combination certainly helps to reduce your risk of injury, but you're working your body in different ways. You're also um, giving yourself the opportunity to clear acid from your system efficiently. And I think training uh, for your energy cycles through the day is important too. So you might want to do higher intensity in the morning and lower intensity in the afternoons or evenings so that you're working with your energy flow so that you're not having a cortisol spike at night night. and then, you know, that upsets like your sleeping patterns, how deep you're sleeping, how well you're getting off to sleep and then impacting your energy through the day as well. So I think working with that's important. So in your cycles, um, it's really uh, nice to think of it as the seasons of the year and so and, and in a broader sense as well, you know, we want to think about it uh, seasons for the year for what type of exercise that we're doing. But cyclically, our periods are typically winter. And so, you know, think about winter naturally. You want to be slower. You want to be warmer. You know, it's cold outside. You want to be in your cave. You want to be sort of, it's like a time of contraction. Mm. And so, you know, you might want to just take down the intensity of your exercise over that week of your period. Um, You know, go for a walk or do some yoga or, you know, just instead of being at the gym for an hour, you know, harbour, just, you know, be gentle with yourself at that time. Um, And then from the end of your period to ovulation and when you're entering your fertile phase, is our springtime. So this is like a time of trying new things and a time of expansion in our cycle. So your energy will naturally start to pick up at that time. So you can start to go with that and flow with it. Um, You know, you might want to try a different class at the gym or, you know, be outside more, um, you know, and just work with your, your energy at that time. And then around ovulation in our fertile phase, that's when um, we're like in our summer time. And so summer, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so summer we want to, again, be outside. It's a time of expansion. We want to, you know, push ourselves more. We want to, you know, naturally our body temperature's hotter, everything's hotter. So, you know, we want to sweat more and just push ourselves harder at that time. And that's, you know, also when our estrogen and testosterone levels are higher too and so we will naturally have more energy, be burning more fat, um, be putting on more muscle. So that's a good time to, to up the intensity. And then after ovulation and prior to your period starting, it's like autumn. And so autumn's a time for in our cycle where we start to contract again 
Um, so it's like expansion and contraction in different uh, phases. And so autumn is a bit more slowing down, you know, just dropping that intensity down again um, from where you've been at your summertime and, you know, preparing for this next cycle. So it's a good time to you know, start meal prepping or, you know, stocking up and clearing out, um, you know, the things that you want, stocking up on them and preparing and then clearing out the things that aren't serving you anymore. It's like dropping your dead leaves. Um, and so <laughs> I love this analogy. It's great. It's so yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you know, you just start that cycle again and further contraction in, into winter where you might want to start, you know, preparing and, um, oh, sorry, planning in terms of, you know, what this next cycle is going to, to bring for you. But awesome. I, yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was just like going on a little journey then, <laughs> going through the cycle at the same time as the seasons, and it really makes so much sense. It's really, I really love that. Thank you for sharing that. So I'd love to dive a little bit into, we're sort of nearing the end of our chat, but, and I know something that's recently happened for you, and we've just mentioned it a few times about the little nudges or the little voices or the little intuition in our body and listening to that, because a lot of people continue to ignore this and then they get smacked in the face with something bigger than the little nudges. Would that be true, do you believe? Yeah. 100%. So what what happens when we don't listen? And would you love to share your own journey and story around this as well? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's important to um, think of yourself as a connected, holistic being in terms of body, mind and spirit. Mm -hmm. And we want to ensure that we're connected in all of those aspects so that we're looking after our body physically, uh, we're looking after our mind and, you know, mentally and emotionally and that we're connected and honouring our spirit as well and how that relates to everything in the world and our connectivity with other people and to the earth and to our higher selves and higher powers. And I think when we um, tap into listening on that level of okay well you know my body's a bit tired you know and I'm tired maybe because I've been working too much (laughs) and I've been maybe giving too much energy out Mm. and not enough energy back in and so what does that then you know mean to me can what can I change and for me what happened recently um I guess like you know I've been practicing as a naturopath for 15 years now, which is crazy time. Um, And Fem21 has been out for five years and it's, you know, and my kids are like 14 and nearly 12. And so I've been in a phase where I've been on the go constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, My days have been really busy and a lot of energy out with people, Um, which I don't resent. I do love um, helping people. It's so rewarding. And I know that's my um, purpose. And so for me, uh, it didn't matter how well I was looking after myself physically. Like I'm, I was like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I must need some more iron. Or, you know, really got to be good with like 
you know, taking my supplements and eating well and getting enough sleep and, you know, have a break from caffeine and um, do all the things physically that I know help to build my energy. And so I was doing all of those things and it still wasn't working. <laughs> I was still feeling, feeling tired and I was getting to a place where I was like, I'm not happy with what I'm, you know, achieving in my life. I'm not seeing, you know, the things uh, that would normally bring me joy and um, that I have gratitude for. Usually I'm just not seeing any of that and I'm feeling like it doesn't matter what I do physically, I'm still not there mentally and emotionally. Uh, so I guess, you know, to on a level for me, I've tried to ignore that. <laughs> And just keep going, going. You know, like, you know, going on the wheel. Just going. The wheel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I woke up with, you know, extreme pain one night um, in my stomach, in my solar plexus area. Mm. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, maybe I've got a stomach ulcer. Maybe I'm really stressed. Maybe my gallbladder's, you know, spasming or something. All of the things yeah. that I try to rationalise. Um, and it turned out my appendix needed to come out. Um, so I was in hospital for four days. Uh, I did terribly on the um, anaesthetic after the operation. It took me a really long time to metabolise that and wake up and function and then the pain medication that they prescribed me just like totally knocked me for six um or is not used to it at all just yeah not used to it um whether my liver just can't metabolize it it just really was bad (laughs) um and it forced me you know to slow down um and even though it was stressful because I'm having to rearrange everything and bring people in to help and do stuff that I would normally do and um that was all like okay well what is what does this mean for me and before that I was like you know getting these inklings ignoring them (laughs) and so for me it meant okay well now I've got to take some time to pull back on you know my hours that I'm consulting and what I'm giving out energy wise and start to just give back to myself and you know do things that make me happy and give me you know that that boost and that strength and um find myself again I guess because you know, when you, um, even though I work for myself, when you're working for other people, like, you know, all the time because you're trying to keep everything, you know, happening <laughs> like a puppet master. turning. <laughs> my, my sister says it's like spinning plates, you know. Yes. Spinning all the plates. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then when you fall apart everything falls apart and so I felt like I went through a phase of um you know my life unraveling to a certain degree not really like everything on the surface was still functioning but me within it Mm. um just didn't I I didn't feel good (laughs) anymore yeah and so uh I think you know there's a number of factors that's happened this year um, you know, with my father passing away and extra stress with, uh, you know, friends and family and 
a higher load with work and um, you know, a questioning of spirituality and what's going on in the world with the coronavirus and, you know, um, people's mental health. And when you're sensitive, I think you just get affected so much more by all of that. So, yeah, for me, it's been a phase recently of, of slowing down and rediscovering myself and um, my connection spiritually how I'm how I'm feeling mentally and emotionally about things and, and continuing to look after myself physically. So taking that holistic approach to looking after yourself. And I think for me as somebody that um, promotes holistic healing, it's important for me to have these experiences and go through them so that I'm in a position to help others better as well on the other side of it. Um, so yeah, that's I love that. because it really <laughs> it shows you're human. <laughs> but yeah. like you said, it's that experience that gives you this empathy on a different level for your patients as well. And I think too often we do ignore the little nudges until they get louder and louder and louder. And you know, my ex partner this year was in hospital with crazy stuff going on because of stress, because of the coronavirus situation, and it took him that to really analyze what he was doing and where he was at. And I think sadly too many people let it get to that point. So it's really about listening to those tiny things and making those small changes because even though it doesn't feel that important, in the long run it would be better off if we did listen to those things. So thank you for sharing that. So do you are you listening or reading a book at the moment? This is my last question for you because I think we can learn a lot from what everyone else is reading. (laughs) so yes I am reading a book at the moment um it's funny because when I uh finished my degree I was like I'm just I'm I'm up to here with books I don't want to read anymore um but then I I guess probably about yeah 10 years ago I I started my love for reading again um but I would just I actually started with the Twilight series. Oh, how good was it? I couldn't put those books down. I am openly going to admit that I was obsessed with those books. But (laughs) crazy. uh, That really ignited me um, for reading again. And so I love reading um, escapism. Oh, fiction. Yeah. You know, fiction. Um, And I I did all of the Game of Thrones. uh, And... Now I'm reading uh, this Discovery of Witches, uh, oh. All Souls trilogy, which uh, that's I finished that, and then she just brought out a, a new book called Times Convert. Um, so I'm just I'm nearly at the end of that. <laughs> and see, you can really learn a lot by what people read because it's interesting to see <laughs> what sort of you know taking in and what you're learning. Yeah. Thank you so much for today. I mean, it's been amazing. There's been an overload of information. And so if you're listening today, you might want to go back and listen again and take some more notes. But is there anything else you want to leave us with today, Mia, before we wrap it up? Mm, Good question. Um, I think just listen to your higher self, your inner voice, Mm. that quietening of the mind, the quietening of the busyness to come back to what's right for you in this phase and know that even though you may be feeling like you're in a hard time, 
or you're feeling the weight of the world or you're feeling stuck is that that inner voice and your connection to to yourself and to you know a higher power and the and people around you um allows you then to trust in whatever it is that you need to learn from this phase to then transition out of it and then when you look back in five years time you'll be like oh my life's completely different to what it was back then (laughs) um and so we know that we move through these these times but I think it's just allowing ourselves to have those ebbs and flows and and those quieter times to recharge before then that next phase where you may need to to do that um energy out stuff (laughs) I love that that's really beautiful because it is really all it all comes back to us we have all the answers within us whether it is for the mind or the body or the spirit or work or whatever it is so that's beautiful so where can people find you and connect with you online or buy your product or potentially work with you as a patient yeah, so I really have like two arms to my business um, life. And so I've got my naturopathic consulting uh, clinic that's based in Parkwood on the Gold Coast. Uh, I see people face-to-face in clinic as well as doing telehealth and online um, through FaceTime and Zoom. So you can contact me through Lifestart Naturopathics. Um, I, that's my handle on Instagram and Facebook as well as my uh, website. And then if you're interested in Fem21 and if that's a formula that you feel like is a good fit for you at this stage, then it's just, yeah, fem fem21.com um, is the website and our Instagram handle. Um, well, if you search us up on Instagram, we're there and on Facebook as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for all your incredible wisdom today because I know the women and if men were listening today, I'm sure they've learned a ton of things that they can start to implement and maybe even question a little bit about how they're living currently and what they can do to potentially live and thrive a lot better. So thank you. I have so much gratitude for you today. Thanks, Beth. It's been so much fun and I love the opportunity to to share and um, connect on this level. So yeah, I'm glad that I um, had this opportunity with you and hopefully it's helped just one person. <laughs> it's all about that one individual. We don't need to yeah. worry about thousands if we can impact yeah. them. <laughs> well, another incredible episode. Now, whether you're a woman or not, I'm sure there was a lot of wisdom there that you yourself or you could potentially share with a woman in your life that could really benefit from the knowledge that Mia has shared with us today. Jump on the Fem21 product if you are a woman because I'm telling you now, it is incredible. It is great for rebalancing your hormones and is full of nutrients that a woman should be getting in her diet. So check it out. I'll leave all the notes in the show notes and you'll be able to head over to the website and learn more. So do share this episode if you loved it. And until next week, I hope that you have an incredible week.